You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Mary Clark. You can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, who you can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Thursday edition of the Crosscheck, well, Tom Wilson nicely gift-wrapped our entire show for us on a silver platter. <laughs> so we'll break down that entire saga and fallout, which is apparently still ongoing, it seems. We'll then end the show with the second half of our inter- with our interview with actor, director, and hockey fan Jay Baruchel, who had some intriguing opinions about the NHL that you need to stick around to hear. So, Andrew, before we start off today's show, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I think Jay's second part of the interview kind of bleeds really well into the actual news today, right? With, with mm-hmm. Tom Wilson, I think we're going to be pretty harsh on uh, the NHL and its lack of action. And uh, Jay was equally harsh on the NHL and its lack of uh, growth uh, in other areas, right? So I think that the whole disciplinary, disciplinary uh, issues leads perfectly into uh, what Jay was talking about. So I, I'm Really happy with how this show is going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, I it, I don't think the dominoes kind of lined up better for us, really, uh, with this episode. Um, there's nothing really going on with me. Uh, I guess I just kind of want to really just break down this Tom Wilson stuff. Uh, so we'll get right into it. We're not going to have a pop culture segment at the end of this one today. We're just going to do Tom Wilson stuff, then go right into the interview, and then send you on your way for a, for a quick show. Uh, but we're going to spend time breaking, breaking down the Tom Wilson stuff. So, Andrew. Obviously, you know what happens. I think we all know what happened, but I guess I'll give it a bit of a breakdown. So, Monday night, during the Capitals game against the Rangers, it was a bit of a, it was an end game, or a whistle at the end of a play, scrum at the, at the Rangers, was it Rangers net? Uh, the Capitals net. Capitals net. the party line from Capitals people defending Tom Wilson is that Buchnevich or Buchnevich um, kicked at the goalie, which... Mm. I didn't may, see that. A, Maybe a little I, bit, yeah. but like, uh, it's pushing it. It's yeah. pushing it. So Tom Wilson punched Bushnevich in the head while he was face down on the ice. Um, with his stick, too. With his stick. It's hard to see, but he has his stick between his two hands. The stick, is, the shaft of the stick is in the back of Bushnevich's neck. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So there's that. And then obviously a scrum ensued from that. Um, and in the middle of all that, um, Wilson got Panarin, like, was tussling with them and body slammed him during the uh, onto the ice during the scrum, and then so, jumped um, on his back. Yes, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> so it was a whole bunch of um, stuff. I definitely recommend looking up the clip on it, um, just so you're aware if you aren't already, because this is apparently the biggest story in the NHL. But the fallout from that is Panarin is out for the rest of the season. He was out for the uh, third period. I think I think he came back. Maybe I don't I don't remember the specific order of events if he came back at all during that sequence. But he was out at least for the third period. Um, and Wilson was only given a 10-minute misconduct, not a game misconduct, so he wasn't ejected from the game. And he had total a uh, total of 14 penalty minutes, so he got the 10-minute misconduct plus, I think, two for roughing, like two separate things for roughing or something to that matter. Um, and in the end, he ended up scoring the empty netter in the Capitals' win. Um, so that was at least the incident. There is a lot more to break down in terms of the fallout, the things that happened after the game, and everything else. But I guess we wanted to just start there with the incident itself, Andrew. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, this is not the first rodeo for Tom Wilson. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a long, long checkered history of a plethora of different uh, either attempts to injure or just hits that went bad. Um, 
I don't. I don't want to. Like some people were speculating about, uh, you know, motivations for him. I I think that he's just a guy that sees red mist and mm-hmm. he loses control. And unfortunately, he's also massive. He is a big, thick mm-hmm. dude, and he's a good hockey player. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he, the, if he keeps going like this, he's twenty seven years old. So he's had a a long time to figure this stuff out. I I just. In a normal league, I feel like this guy would have been either corrected by now or out of the league. Yeah, because he's had the big suspensions before. Mm-hmm. Previously, it, it, it seems... was a it was a twenty game suspension. I think got moved down to sixteen. I think yeah, was the big one in twenty eighteen. Um, Which so, isn't that long ago. It it isn't, but um, considering like we had not everybody had believed, but he had been at least clean by the NHL's letter book. Like he'd been clean by their book for like two and a half seasons until he got suspended for, I think seven games uh, in March. Um, And that was like the first suspension he had since 2018. And then of course this incident where he wasn't suspended, but um, it's still, he had a little bit of time where people thought that he had changed. And um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily believe he had changed, quote unquote, but I thought he had learned a lesson of some sort in that time, but it seems he clearly has not. Well, here, here's the thing. He's already been suspended once this year. Yeah, I said that in... Yeah. At the, oh, in, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, like... in March, yeah, he was suspended once this year, and that was the first time since 2018. Um, right. And then obviously and he didn't get suspended this time. his previous suspension before that was, yeah, earlier in the 2018 season, he'd been suspended uh, the season before in the playoffs. Three games in the playoffs mm-hmm. is a pretty sizable suspension based on the way the NHL does things. I mean, I, I think as much as we can look at the record and say, like, oh, he was clean for a very long time, it kind of coincides with the way that the NHL has changed what they've been doing with suspensions, right? Mm-hmm. It, I, I made a joke right after the incident that, like, I was joking, but also not expecting much. Uh, I I joked, like I tweeted out that uh, I can't wait for the NHL Department of Player Safety to lay the smack down on Tom Wilson with a $5,000 fine, the maximum allowable under the CBA. And then the next morning, Guess what happens? What? Yep. Like, they didn't even talk to him. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And, and we're recording this, full disclosure, we're recording this on Wednesday before the game against the Rangers and the Capitals happens on wednesday evening so if anything happens from that game we won't be talking about it unfortunately but also wednesday morning in a separate incident shane gostaspare um is receiving a hearing for cross-checking mark friedman from tuesday night's game and he should get a suspension at least like a one game suspension for that but shane gostaspare doesn't have the history tom wilson has the disparity between incidents here is astounding it's the wheel of justice all over again like that used to be the thing like back in like the early 2000s or whatever but the the wheel of justice is back everybody i I hate to say it but (laughs) unfortunately there's only like one result and that's a five thousand dollar fine the maximum allowable under the cba so like you you have to almost kill somebody to get suspended now it it's it's truly ridiculous it's very rare that they seem to get it right uh you know capital social media yeah also was incredibly tone deaf like, yeah, let me it, let me pull up the tweet, like, or at least the deleted tweet, because they tweeted out after the game. Um, it was a picture of Tom Wilson that was it was a meme of some sort where it was just a, you know picture of him. It was the I guess the brackets meme. I don't really yeah, know it's what a terrible meme. I hate it. So oh, you much. hate that? You hate that meme format? It's just it's not funny. Oh, okay, sorry. I do enjoy that meme because it is <laughs> it is kind of low hanging, but it's fun. Um, so they tweeted with 
the words, like in the tweet itself, at capitals chooses violence, which for starters, very tone deaf considering what yes. happened in that game. And then it was just that brackets meme with, you know, part of like the part of Wilson, the top of his head is like, sheesh, shush. I think that's the, it might be another meme. And then the rest of him is like, I think it was like saying he's hot. Oh, right? maybe. I don't know. I'm not really sure. He's, he's yeah, I don't really know. Man. Um, but the middle of his body is, you know, uh, one of those troll memes with, like, somebody crying. It's, like, rent-free. And then the very, very yeah. bottom with the skates is, like, the best goal scorer in the league. Uh, it was um, – that was – it was a choice. I'll say that. I said on Twitter that I think that that was one the social media person could have just posted on their uh, personal Twitter and let it be. Because <laughs> yeah, I do not, not think – I do not think that that was – it wasn't needed. I mean, I know some people, like, some Caps fans and, like, some people were like, yeah, go, go get them. But, like – I get okay I said this on Twitter too but I get wanting to, f- to defend your guy I get it I completely understand from a fandom point of view wanting to defend your player like your team's player because when people attack the player it feels like they're attacking you the person but that is not the case we are not attacking Capitals fans here we are attacking Tom Wilson's behavior and the Capitals team culture because if their culture wasn't the way it is that tweet wouldn't get sent like they they wouldn't be like glorifying Tom Wilson here, it seems. But we're not attacking Capitals fans. Nobody is, it seems. We're trying to figure out why Tom Wilson is the way he is and why the NHL won't punish him. Well, yeah, and I well, I mean, it's not like they have refused to punish him at all in the past. It's just that they, they don't... I don't think the NHL understands how to curb behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, their policy of... Like, their repeat offender issue, right? Uh, I don't know if it's still this way, but for a long time you couldn't be a repeat offender for like say that you had a history of hits to the head if you then started to slew foot players you wouldn't be counted as a repeat offender for slew foot like Mm -hmm. for uh putting people in danger because it's a different action so like a cross check wouldn't be the same as an elbow and it's like but the it's a pattern of behavior you can't be worrying about what specific action they're taking if somebody two hand slashes somebody in the head and then gets suspended, comes back and elbows them or elbows somebody else in the head. Like it's the same mm-hmm. core issue, right? It's not about being bad at hitting. We all know Tom Wilson is not bad at hitting. It's the fact that Tom Wilson for most of his career has continued to hit people way away from the puck. Uh, mm-hmm. Unsuspecting players, uh, predator players in positions where he becomes predatory. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole finish your check culture is an issue in and of itself, but this is, another thing entirely because it goes to show the intent to injure and the NHL is very key on intent a lot of the times when they talk about suspending players what was Wilson's intent here yeah I mean it was to hurt it was to maim and it's one thing the Buchnevich thing on its own you can make excuses whatever I could kind of understand but when Panarin comes in there to defend his teammate and push a guy around and then Wilson absolutely manhandles an NHL superstar Mm -hmm. and then in the penalty box flexes at him as if it's some great accomplishment yeah like he's like a gladiator out in the ring like like, it's it's like um it's it's very caveman mentality I don't I just don't get it from Tom Wilson he's the worst part about all of this is Tom Wilson has a place in the NHL with his offensive game there is a place for his tough brand of offensive game because he is talented he is I mean, he's not obviously Alex Ovechkin, but he's been a consistent 40-point player for the past couple of seasons. And so, he's been, he continually gets better. Yeah, and but this is just tanking people's perceptions of him if they already don't have a perception of him to begin with. Like, I just don't get, 
like I I think it's Russian Machine Never Breaks had a had an article that like highlighted all the times where Wilson said he had to be smarter when making these plays. And it's just quotes going back years where he says, I have to be smarter. I have to be smarter. He's just he's he just needs to. I mean, he needs to be smarter, but I don't get it. Like. How many times do you have to learn this lesson? And there isn't even a lesson being learned here. He got off with a $5,000 fine, which is a pocket change for this guy. Yeah. I mean, the the lesson, there is a lesson here. The lesson is you can get away with this. Yeah. And you look at the very next day uh, in a scrum with, a tra- I think it was the next day with, maybe it was the same day, uh, a scrum between Travis Konechny and Sidney Crosby. And Konechny put Crosby in a headlock because Konechny mm-hmm. is an agitator, right? He's trying to get Crosby off his game. And then Crosby, getting out of the headlock, tries to push his head down into the ice mm-hmm. from behind. And it's like, it's much different than the Wilson situation. Like, I don't think Crosby should have faced a, a suspension for that. Should have got a penalty, for mm-hmm. sure. It was a one-hand push to the back of the head. And in my opinion, anytime you're pushing a head towards the ice even if it doesn't connect should be a penalty if you do it with your stick it should be an automatic five game suspension that's what i said yesterday on twitter and i I stand by that with multipliers for repeat offenders but if you're going to tell people that you can do these kinds of actions where you're pushing their head down into the ice even with helmet on like it's going to get out of control in the playoffs and we've seen this before where you let something go and it just goes crazy and Mm. you know there's much more to get into about this um it's hard to understand what the NHL thinks it's doing with this. Yeah. And I, I think that the there's a groundswell now. People have been unsatisfied with the, Depart- the Department of Player Safety for a while. I think that a lot of it gets uh, shoved onto George Peros specifically. And I saw, like, you always see the people posting, like, oh, well, the- he has a clothing brand called Violent Gentlemen, and they sold hats that were, like, the Trump hats make hockey violent again. And that's, like, a very convenient thing. I don't think it really has much of an impact on like his state of mind. I think those hats came out after he was already in the Department of Player Safety. I mm-hmm. can't I don't know for sure, but uh, either way, that doesn't like that doesn't mo- bother me cuz George Peros is a smart guy. What bothers me is it's not just George Peros. There's else. lots of people involved in that Department of Player Safety. Mm-hmm. It's from the NHL all the way down. Yeah. You know, we we're still still dealing with Colin Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know like the the dinosaurs that have ruled this game for 30 years are still there. And swapping out George Peros for, like, elevating Ray Whitney is not going to change much because there's no motivation to change the game. Uh, Gary Bettman did an interview, I guess it was like a couple years ago, talking about if he had carte blanche to change the game with no uh, way for, like, the players or the owners to stop him from doing anything, what would he do to, like, uh, cut down on head injuries? And he said there was probably nothing much that they could do. You kidding me? Yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> give me a break, man. <laughs> like, and I mean, we've seen the concussion stuff. Like the concussion stuff is still ongoing. I mean, Dan Carcello and a bunch of the other former players, I believe, are still suing the league, from what I remember. Um, with all the whole concussion thing, it's a very real topic. Like, and it's it's a real thing that's impacting players, and player safety should be at the forefront. But for some reason, with this league, they're they do not want to change it, and I. It, it it just doesn't make sense. They just it, they just do not seem to care about player safety when they do when they do things like this um, and they make no reactions at all. It just it signals to me that they don't care. I don't know. I don't know what else to take away from that. At least if I were you, Andrew. Yeah, I, I, I see that they don't have any motivation to change and they 
they don't see the reckoning coming and it, it should be obvious to everyone watching the game that it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this um, after our break, um, considering, you know, uh, the Rangers put out a very scathing statement um, towards the NHL and George Paris specifically. Um, but we'll get to that after the break. Stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, Andrew, we discussed at least the Wilson incident as it was on Monday night into Tuesday morning when, um, you know, the Wilson incident happened. He was only assessed a $5,000 fine. The Capitol social media tweeted that meme and then deleted it like 40 minutes later. Then we get to later and the Rangers post a scathing rebuke of Wilson and the NHL's decision on Tuesday at, from what I remember, it was like six o'clock. So I'm going to read their statement from Twitter. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety George Paros, and we believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Oh boy. I think that's... I don't know. I can't remember a time that an NHL team has gone after the NHL that harshly. I can think of one other time, and it wasn't necessarily the team, but uh, Jeff Molson himself spoke up pretty strongly, I believe, uh, when the NHL did nothing about uh, Zdeno Chara's hit on Max Pacioretty that broke mm. his neck. And a different situation, right? Because Chara, despite being a giant, didn't have, quote-unquote, a suspension history. Uh, that's what the NHL claimed at the time. He actually did, but it was an automatic suspension for, I think it was like a fight in the last five minutes of a game, or instigating a fight in the last five minutes of a game. And it, they kind of ignored the fact that this was like the third straight game that Chara had tried to injure Max Pacioretty. Mm. Uh, yeah, totally different situation because uh, Wilson has such a long history. And I, I just, I'm, I'm at a loss for words because the Rangers are right here. Like mm -hmm. it, it's an abdication of duty to not do anything. Yeah. And let's be let's be frank. A $5,000 fine is is nothing. Mm -hmm. It is not doing anything. All it does is an it's an attempt to save face for doing nothing. They should have just done nothing. If they like yeah. doing nothing would have better than doing this. Right, because I don't think a fine counts towards like being a repeat offender anyway. Mm -hmm. Like as far as I'm concerned, if you are a repeat offender, 
anything that would have been a fine should be a suspension. It should be escalated. I don't understand yeah. why, like, when they when they look at Tom Wilson's history, all of it, it shouldn't just necessarily, like, I mean, I don't know if it should necessarily just be, you know, his, like, suspension history, but considering the other things, like, he's done on the ice that haven't been, so, like, that have been given a fine, but, like, the dude has a long sheet of offenses, and... They should, at the NHL should escalate the punishment based on your history. And as far as I'm aware, no one in the NHL really has the history that Tom Wilson has. I mean, is Zach Ronaldo still playing? I don't hear a peep from him if he's still playing. He used to do he's, that he's stuff. He's not with, playing much. Yeah, he used to do that stuff with the Flyers all the time. And I know some Flyers fans loved it, but he did a lot of the same stuff Wilson did. But he isn't talked about as much because he's not as talented as Wilson is and doesn't, you know, show up on, like, doesn't show up in the lineup all that often, but I hardly hear a peep from Zach Ronaldo nowadays. Tom Wilson, that feels like I can't go a week without hearing something that he does, whether it's, you know, just like a penalty or just being an agitator or whatever, but to stuff like this too. Like, why does the NHL not ramp up suspensions based on history? It it makes just too much sense. Maybe that's why the NHL does it, doesn't do it because it just makes too much sense. I mean, I think they're afraid of, you know, last time that Batman laid down the hammer on Wilson, uh, they did lose and have to limit the suspension and i think but it was just uh, to 16 games right instead of 20 yeah yeah. that's still something i I think that for for them they hate being told that they have to back off right so that that's part of it uh part of it is i think that there is there's a lot of people in hockey at the highest level of management that believe that the sport benefits from this kind of violence that think that those post whistle scrums which in my opinion it's a joke that they even exist anymore mm-hmm. like if you do something that is a penalty after a whistle you never get a penalty for it first of all almost never to me hitting somebody after the whistle's gone should be an automatic suspension mm-hmm. every single time like it's just it's a joke that it's allowed but they love that they you know it adds to the intensity which fine it does but you know what also adds to the intensity Goals. Playing goals, you know, like goals, uh, trash talk. There's lots of other avenues that you could add to the intensity with. It's just big saves. It, it's it's terrible. And like speaking of players who've had a history as checkered as Wilson's, like the thoughts that I think of are like Rafi Torres, mm-hmm. who was suspended out of the league, yeah, to stop him from headhunting. Matt Cook, who was literally suspended so often that he had to change his game yeah. and towards the end of his career. He did. And also, Matt Cook was one of the players who spoke about it. He actually said that what Tom Wilson did was cowardly. Or it might have been John Scott who said that. But uh, he said that he was out of control mm-hmm. uh, and that he needed to hit rock bottom in order to change. And he was asked, uh, you know, can you hear yourself be described as the same as Tom Wilson? And he said that, it, yeah, uh, to paraphrase, he said that uh, for him, hitting rock bottom was when he injured Ryan McDonough and got suspended. Uh, he personally doesn't think that Tom Wilson's reached the point where he, he's it's grabbed his attention enough to cause him to have desire to change. And that's clear. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that he was flexing after this. And I get it's an intense game. And in the moment, but you might do something that you it's regret. It's an intense game with a team who isn't even a playoff, isn't even a playoff position. Like, I get yeah. rivalries and stuff like that. But, like, dude, it. I don't remember if... I think the Capitals were down at that point. So maybe it is a little bit different in-game, but... The Capitals had already locked up a playoff spot. the The Rangers aren't making the playoffs. What I, what are we doing here? Like what I, what are we doing here, Tomlinson? <laughs> so, I mean, he clearly believes that this is a, a necessary dimension of his game, right? Uh, hitting to hurt, uh, being an intimidating factor, getting players to think about him instead of 
Ovechkin and Backstrom. And uh, but there is a road to like to changing here. I mean, we saw yeah. it with Matt Cook. Like obviously like Wilson has not reached the levels of Matt Cook in terms of like injuring people outright. But his actions could and we could get there someday. It's very possible. Um given I mean he has. Yeah, but like I don't I don't know if it's necessarily like on the same level, but you're right in that he has. But like there is a path for Wilson to change here, it's just will he realize it or not, and or will the Capitals enable like enable that to happen? Because a big reason Matt Cook changed is because the Penguins sat him down and told him to change, so and helped him try and change. But it doesn't seem, at least from the public perception, that the Capitals you know trot out with you know that meme that they put out for forty minutes. It doesn't seem like they want to do that. No. And I mean, you look at who's seizing on this moment and, you know, I've seen comments from Sean Avery, Mm -hmm. who I I don't want to hear from, Uh, John Scott. Dan Carcillo. Yeah, Dan Carcillo had a really good uh, two-part video about it. Um, There might have been some speculation in Carcillo's that I would hesitate to repeat, but uh, I understand where he's coming from. He's learning from his own past and trying to apply that to Wilson. Uh, you know, John Scott called him a, like a flat out coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Colt Noir commented and said that he was a chicken and would never fight a tough guy. Yeah. And like, I, I see some of the like uh, the enforcer people coming out. And ironically, we're going to talk about Goon a- after this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, saying like, oh, he would never try this with the uh, with the Colt Noir in the lineup for the Rangers or some other tough guy, John Scott. And to that, I say bull. Uh, I don't think Wilson's afraid. Um I think back of like Matt Cook, right? Matt Cook wasn't a big guy. He wasn't uh, like he was tough, but he wasn't a big guy. Matt Cook brained Mark Savard with Milan Lucic and uh, Zeno Chara on the ice. Mm-hmm. Somebody who acts like this does not care. Mm-hmm. The care level is zero. They're doing what they're doing and the consequences be damned. Mm-hmm. And unless that consequence becomes their livelihood, like nobody cares about a hockey fight. Right. Like, okay, somebody's going to punch you in the head for two minutes. Maybe like, especially now where you're wearing your helmet, they're more likely to break their hand than break your face. So like, I I just don't see it being a deterrent in any way, shape or form. There's no evidence in NHL history that tough guys are a deterrent. Mm -hmm. So that's a kind of a dead, a non-starter for me, uh, a dead point. But I, I understand where they're coming from, that a lot of these guys who played with what they would call like honor for the code think that Wilson is like a, like an aberration or not an aberration, but like a, an affront mm-hmm. to what they believe. And he is frankly, uh, this kind of dirty crap needs to be taken out of the game. And I, I don't think Wilson needs to be taken out of the game. I think we've gone over it and we've said there's an avenue for change here. You know, Matt cook played until he was in his mid thirties, I believe mm-hmm. uh, at a certain point. Tom Wilson has to be forced into believing he has to change. I just don't think that this group in the NHL's management or Department of Player Safety wants to do that. Yeah. When Matt Cook was playing, things were a lot harsher. Yeah. I was going to you ask know? to, I guess, finish off the Tom Wilson stuff because um, we can go forever on this, It I feel like, because um, there's just so much to unpack. Is Is anything going to change? The Rangers made that statement. I don't know what's obviously going to happen on Wednesday night's game. I I know that the Rangers didn't have their pregame media availability. People were talking, speculating, obviously, that the Rangers just 
like boycott the game. But as far as I'm aware, that's not happening according to everything I've seen on Twitter. I think that's just people speculating. But who knows what's going to happen on Wednesday night's game? That it could be nothing. It could be a powder keg. Wilson, in my opinion, shouldn't be playing on Wednesday night. Obviously, by the time you hear this, you'll have your answers to what happens. But that'll just make it a lot worse. But what, if anything, changes? The Rangers statement was so scathing, in my opinion. I, they have to be talking about it, at least. But I don't think anything's going to be done. Like, I don't I don't think anything's going to be done here. I, we know the NHL. We talk about it, it feels like every week that the NHL does these things and nothing changes. It might just be like the Tim Peel thing where we talked, like, where we talked and, like, nothing's going to change. It'll just, you know, be a blip on the radar for, like, a few days and then just, you know, go away. Because I saw stats about the, you know, how referees call games after the Tim Peel thing and nothing changed. So I don't, I'm not inclined to believe things are going to change here, especially because you've got, you know, your quote-unquote 200 hockey men uh, running the league. um, And they just, they don't see this as a need for change. And I think that that's a shame because... The more that they let Wilson run around doing things like this and the more like the Capitals enable him to do things like this by putting him in the lineup tonight, if it happens, it's going to stay the same. And he's going to injure somebody again. And he's going to, we're going to do this dance all over again. However, in however many months, it's going to happen again. Yeah, it, it, it's got, it, they've got to find a way to, to be motivated to change. And with the people in charge right now, as you said. It's not going to. Yeah. Uh, there's there's got to be a fundamental change from the top down. Yeah. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But hey, after the break, we got the rest of our interview with Jay Baruchel, which really does talk about some things that we have mentioned here in terms of, you know, the NHL and changing their ways and stuff like that, which we obviously didn't know when we recorded that. But I, it's still definitely worth a listen. And uh, please tune in. Uh, see you right back after the break. And... With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? With rockauto.com, you have access to their auto parts at home on your computer and in your pocket on your phone. rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Welcome back to the Crosscheck NHL show. We're here with the second part of our interview with Jay Baruchel. Enjoy. All right. Uh, Jay, Goon, it's <laughs> coming up now. It's going to be 10 years old. Can you believe that? I, I, I know. It's crazy. I actually had the moment the other day where I was just like kind of putting two and two together, and I was like... <laughs> 
Holy frig. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> Our baby's grown up. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember watching it in college and being like, wow, this is like, this was like no hockey movie I, I had seen before. Like, cause all the okay. hockey movies, a lot of the hockey movies you see are very serious. I mean, I grew up watching like Miracle and stuff like that. And that was, you know, your very serious hockey movie, but this was nothing I had ever seen before. And it was great. So do you have any like stories from the, the set and all that? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how many I'm allowed to mention on a podcast uh, <laughs> most wearing and, and uh, you know, uh, sponsors and all that stuff. But, uh, um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it um, I'll say this. Here's the most boring anecdote. It is, <laughs> it was legitimately every bit as fun as one would imagine it probably was. It was just like, yeah, every once in a while, you get you get those kind of gigs where um at, you know ninety percent of the people that show up um all kind of think the thing is really really cool mm-hmm. you know because um, like you you can have an awesome time on a gig that everybody you know just as thinks is a gig right like you can still get along and have a plenty of time with some coworkers you know and you don't need to be you don't need anybody to be emotionally invested in 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 the work itself but when 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 they when they are when you're all there and you all like in addition to like sort of being away and and uh and doing this thing together um you also think the thing is really cool and you enjoy doing it and you enjoy each other's company on top of it god damn like there's like it's the best man it's it's absolutely the best and like so most of us uh we're all living in this one apartment building um on river in the osborne village in winnipeg and so most of us were all from out of town, from Toronto, Vancouver, or Montreal. And so we were all out of towners in town together making this crazy hockey movie. And, you know, the, the boys had a, a few days of, uh, of camp, you know, uh, to get to know each other. Uh, that, that, that was something that was really important to us on the second one was to have way, way, way more, uh, uh, camp way more uh, training time for the boys um and so i think on the first flick it was like three days three three skates they had and um on goon two we had three weeks um for them to kind of you know we did three times three times a week for three weeks kind of thing um and so uh but uh but yeah so in in terms of um proper anecdotes uh well i'll just say we we were we were all just under 30 um (laughs) And uh, had per diem, and uh, <laughs> and most of us, uh, most of us, <laughs> most of us were single, um, mm. and um, yeah. So it was. We just like we just you know we did we we hung out, man, and and like we watched the Habs together, eat Chinese food together, <laughs> go um, play shinny, uh, buy fucking skates, like. We just had a blast, and then the the, the craziest thing though was um, we we made the movie in Manitoba uh, um, during hockey season, which means that the only time there was ring space available was in the arse end of the night, and so we would show up every day and basically shoot midnight to noon, um, just because that was so that entire movie, any hockey scene in the first goon was shot at like three o'clock in the morning. Um, and how we were able to like, you know, we, we, 
our boys, our actors and our skaters in that in the in, in both those movies, but in particular that one because the night shoot stuff. Um, we we made the movie on their backs, um, and they just skated super hard, relentlessly, twelve hours a night, every night, all night. I remember George LaRock being on set and being like, "My God," he said to me, "He goes." None of us skate as much as these guys. <laughs> He's like, you know, we skate a few minutes, we get off the ice, and then the game's over. He's like, you guys are skating 12 hours a night every night. Um, he couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, there was, um, but there's some stuff that I, I would love to tell you. I just, it involves <laughs> other people, and I don't know that I have the permission to. <laughs> you know, you know that's like, fair. Yeah, that's all. Nothing, nothing. By the way, when I mentioned us being single and our under under thirty, I don't mean anything untoward or gross <laughs> or weird. I just mean that we didn't have any. We had we had nobody to be responsible to. Is what I mean. Like yeah. so, we were just kind of like, yeah, we were a bunch of like it was like Peter Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, basically. Yeah, no, that sounds like an adventure. And probably a little bit different uh, in, in filming the sequel because few years later, everybody's a little bit older. Everybody's a little bit more tie- tied down. But uh, w- one thing that stuck out to me in uh, Last of the Enforcers was Wyatt Russell and what uh, you did with his character. I think every character that you brought into those movies had a very specific purpose and like reference point. Like I remember talking to you once about how Xavier Laflamme was kind of like Jose Ribeirador, like a combination of Jose <laughs> Theodore and Mike Ribeiro. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, like, uh, uh, Leo Schreiber's character is like a Bob Probert, Marty McSorley type figure. And yeah. Wyatt Russell was, is, is very much like an Alexander Dagg, but com- combined with like Eric Lindros's physicality. Right. And, and with a, with a, with a definite like Lucic streak. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I remember watching, you know, that, that movie and he just, crushed it like the emotion and like the fact that he never even liked the the game but he was forced into it to please his father and not to bring it completely out of this wheelhouse but you know uh, the falcon the winter soldier just came out and he was playing uh, a character in that who was kind of taking over captain america and has a history in the comics of going crazy and as soon as i saw that casting i was like oh my god he's gonna crush it Mm -hmm. and he did like (laughs) he's got a career ahead of him man (laughs) He really does. He he really does. Um, no, <coughs> pardon me. He's an amazing actor, um, and so and such a lovely uh, human as well. And um, you know, <laughs> I was I was spoiled for riches. You know, mo- mo- most directors I think on their first flick don't get to work with the actors um, that I got to work with, and certainly don't get the resources that I had at my disposal. Um, no, why it why it's amazing. And, and he got, we, we, you know, he, he, he got everything that that character was, was, was on paper. Um, and then some, you know, and, and Wyatt is, um, yeah, was a, literally a pro hockey player. <laughs> and so, so the, so, so the touchstones for him were all uh, real ones from his own life. You know, he, there, there was no kind of homework for him to have to do. He, he had been playing around guys like Anders since he was a teenager. Like, you know, his, his folks moved from Hollywood to Canada when Wyatt was 13 so that he could come up um, in the systems up here. So he, he went to high school in BC and he was a BCHL player. And I, if, if memory serves, I think he was basically overlapped and played in that league at the same time as 
uh, Josh Georges and uh, and Price because I feel like Price was BCHL as well, um, at least at some point I think. Um, and uh, so so why it comes out of that system? Um, and so so uh, so yeah. So when we kind of sat down, it was like he he got he got something that I had had a hard time kind of trying to trying to pitch to people which was like a lot of people will read the script to Goon 2 and be like, this this Anders character is not funny at all. All he does is mean stuff and crazy shit. And I'd be like, well, he's, he's our bad guy. He's tragic. I, you know, he's a and, tragic and, figure. And I, and I don't, the tragic character, and I, and I don't want – I'm not going to make him goofy to make him more palatable. I said, though, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there is something intrinsically funny in him as there is intrinsically funny in everyone. And it's not something that I can plan for or put on the page, but I promise you if I find the right actor, we will end up kind of building and keeping an eye open, keeping an eye out for, for, for these moments where, 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 and I hate using words like funny where we can be funny, but because it's like life is everything. Right. And, and there is, and, and, and life is as funny as it is tragic. And, and sometimes in the same, often in the same moments. And a lot of times people don't realize what's funny about them. Right. And so, so there's lots of lovely stuff. Why, why it does in Goon 2 that is stuff that we kind of, um, just found on the day. Because when I met him, I said, like, listen, you're, you're, <laughs> tremendous physical presence you're a hell of an athlete and you're an incredible dramatic actor i said like but i also know that you have been playing hockey since you were a kid so you must have a whole bunch of opinions <laughs> and and this is the place to put them and i said so when we do this when we're on set we're gonna find what's funny because the entire proposition of a hockey team is inherently funny right like you have a bunch of sort of um overly conditioned alpha males in an incredibly uh, contained intimate environment where they where you they're all smelling each other's fucking private parts and armpits all the time right and and they're they're like and and it it is such a sort of and it, it's all predicated on a pretty pretty old fashioned and pretty facile um male code <laughs> And so all of this is just ridiculous. So like, we don't have to make shit funny because it inherently is. And if you have somebody who is like, you know, a distillation of, of, of everything that's kind of wrong with this process, I promise you, we're going to put him next to people. And, and just by virtue of that, you know, it will be funny. Wyatt told me he came up playing hockey with a guy that was like, um, you know, purebred basically by the, by his dad to be a to be a, a carnivore, right? So this kid was like a hell of a skater, incredible physical presence, hell of a, a hell of a player as well. Um, zero zero social skills whatsoever because he had been sort of his dad's his crazy hockey dad's like pet project. I'm gonna make you an NHLer, right? And and so so when you put him on a team, you put him on a bench in a room next to a bunch of other boys who've all kind of come up through a more sort of team-based system and an understanding of what is required to work with somebody. Um, it was like putting a rabid pit bull with a bunch of domestic sort of like corgis, like, 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 and, and he, Wyatt told me this thing and we tried to, we put a version of it in the movie, which was, he was, we were about to, it was before a game and the guy, this player in question, he goes, he just starts pounding 
his fists, both fists, into the bench. And he's just grunting and he's jumping up and sitting up and down. And he's pounding and everyone's just staring at him. Everyone's weirded out like, what the hell is this kid doing? And he's just doing his thing. And Wyatt goes down. I eventually realized he was trying to psych us up. <laughs> he was trying to psych everybody up. But we were all so weirded out because he had no experience around people that it did the exact opposite effect. And so, so, so he was relating. So it was about a guy relating to uh, people the only way he knew how, the way that his dad had related to him. And so that, that, that was something that Wyatt got because of like, yeah, he was like legitimate pro hockey player for, for half a decade. It's it, it shows through in the performance and yeah, I, I think that uh, more people need to check out Goon Velocity Enforcers just to to understand where you were trying to go with that that movie. I think it's uh, it's something special, and also it had the popular mechanics for kids reunion, right? I don't think you and Alicia Cuthbert had worked together in between, had you? Uh, just once we had done one thing where her and uh, and then the guy that did PMK after I left, uh, Tyler Kite, where the three of us had a reunion in a. <laughs> In a web, our, our, a web series called uh, The Plateaus that was uh, starring a uh, um, recent uh, Emmy winner or whatever, uh, Annie Murphy from Suits Creek. Um, so we all, we were, we were the, it was a web series about a fake Montreal hipster band and we were the rival band, the three of us. Um, but also, Goon Last the Enforcers, um, I, I am not the only person on this call that worked on that movie. This yeah. is true. I did some math. I mentioned that on the last podcast that I, I did some standings that showed up on the the fake TSN for a couple seconds, and it was fun. I, I got to like figure out how to make the standings move during the season and make it make sense. It was a couple. We had to like. I remember I called you. And I was like, "Okay, so I don't know who else to ask. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's a very specific issue. I because I was like." You know, it has to be real. Like it can't, it, it can't be garbage, right? So, so, so it was like we have to roughly plot out <laughs> the the look of a standings in a fake league and 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 try to like express that statistically. And um, and Andrew, you you killed it. You saved the day. <laughs> I, 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 it was like Thank it you. was a hail mary. No, it's true. It was a hail mary too, because there was like a very there was a version of things where you just be like, I, I don't want to do like, why would I do this? This is crazy. This isn't too much. Like, who needs this work? Um, but you just were like, nope. I, that, I, I think I can figure it out. Let me let me think on it. And then you like, boom! As soon as you were involved, we, it's you know because it was it was a bit of an albatross uh, around our neck. Uh, the the standing stuff throughout the edit um, because it's not just. Because it's not just, uh, okay, you have to come up with a fake sort of league and, and, and the stats that go along with it. Every time we cut to the standings, as explained, as you knew, like, it was a story point as well. <laughs> and so, and so, so, so we don't, it's not just about expressing fake data. It's about expressing fake data that does a specific thing. So anyway, you, 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 you were like such a huge, uh, huge help to us. That was my pleasure. And obviously, uh, it was it was really cool to show up in the thanks at the end of the movie, right beside uh, Tulip, your cat. Which was, <laughs> it was like me, Tulip, Amir. It was, uh, it, was it was a fun time. <laughs> we interrupt this interview to have an ad for Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. There are eighteen flavors of Built Bar, including nut and non-nut flavors, with six new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. 
and 12 original flavors, which include raspberry, peanut butter, mint brownie, and toffee almond. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for any health-conscious person, as you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, which makes them a solid choice for the keto diet. Take the flavor profile of cookies and cream, for example, with 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, and 4 grams net carbs. Also, for a limited time, you get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com and use your promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll, uh, we'll shift gears towards uh, the hockey that's happening right now and, and move away from your film career for a few minutes here. Uh, how are you feeling about the Canadians this year? And uh, I don't know. <laughs> what, what is there to feel about anything anymore? Um, I, 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 um, okay. So it's like this last year, the uh, last sort of, uh, last year they were, um, welcome breath of fresh air in a year where I had zero expectations about anything. Certainly not <laughs> the NHL or the Canadians. Um, and you know, and, and also having hockey in the summertime was such a pleasant thing. So the entire thing was like just good vibes, you know, and then, we come into this year with, uh, you know, as good a as good a summer as I think we've had managed organizationally in in quite some time. And uh, so, yeah, I came in this year with the exact opposite of last year, which is with a bunch of expectations. Um, and they were obviously friggin' met <laughs> for the first, you know, uh, first run there, uh, first run of games, and I felt I feel stupid, man, because you know this is not the first season where we've started out awesome <laughs> and then not been, uh, and and for whatever reason, I guess like this time it felt different, and I don't even know that I can put my finger on why. I guess it was like all the years where before where we would like it, it felt like we had like stolen the first month's worth of games kind of and and there was and and it felt like everybody was sort of just that we were playing against were kind of rusty like felt like people were losing games as much as we were winning them um this time we just looked dominant for the first few games and i actually believed that holy frig we might actually just be like an actual hockey team like the rest of them <laughs> where you just like root for guys that are big and stuff <laughs> and uh um <laughs> yeah uh and then uh yeah the wheels went off man so so yeah i don't know i actually don't know i i'm at a complete loss i'm at a complete loss i have ideas <laughs> i have some opinions but i but to be honest it's all a big question mark how 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 do you feel about it well i mean as you know i'm not a, a fan of the team anymore i kind of gave up in 2016 uh yeah. too many of my favorites have been traded heartbreakingly I already went through it with uh, with Wah when I was a kid. So this time I was like, I'm yeah. done. Emotions shut off. I can't have my nights <laughs> ruined by a loss anymore where I'm like storming around the house. And then I had kids. Yeah. So again, you can't like wake up a kid shouting swears at the TV. No. You got to be an adult. So I had to grow up yeah. and be the adult in the room for once. But in terms of watching them, I think that uh, they pulled the shoot a little bit quick on Claude Julien. Uh, I don't. I don't yeah, think Dom Ducharme is a bad coach per se. I think it's really tough this oh. year to uh, yeah. like change things up. You don't have any practice time really in the yeah. shortened schedule, so it's hard to really judge him. But things haven't like he hasn't fixed anything, right? So that's like the big 
the big issue so far. But hey, Cole Caulfield, he looked good. Yeah, you guys at least have that going for you. Yeah, they we'll need a superstar. That. That's the thing is like they they have depth, but depth is is great for short periods of time, but it doesn't carry you through. I mean, you look at the Edmonton Oilers; they've got like three good forwards, mm-hmm. and they're ahead of the Canadians. Like they've got some decent players as well, but like the reason they're there is because Connor McDavid's carrying them and you're not going to yeah. get Connor McDavid, but you need someone to be a star player. And you know, the closest they have is probably Gallagher and he's out. So it makes sense that they're struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and specifically in five on five is where Gallagher matters. Yes. Um, yeah. Just a killer. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't, um, and it's, and it's a weird one for me, right? Because I, I, I know a lot of these guys um personally and sometimes it's difficult for me to kind of separate you know and because uh, i i but but let but i'll also be honest like obviously uh the team's needs um and my values <laughs> as a friend are not always or acquaintance are not always compatible you know <laughs> um and uh so uh so yeah, I I same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Um, we're um, we're one one big sign in away, blah blah blah. <laughs> it it always seems to be that way, unfortunately for the Canadians. It's and this year they actually got the the decent signings, like they got the free agency currency that they had not had for yeah. years. So it, it comes down to uh, like developing, right? And Unfortunately, I think over the last several years where they have just missed out, that was the time where they should have bottomed out and tried to get a top five pick. And it just, they were too good to be bad, right? But not good well, enough well, to well, be good. Also, there's that too, which connects to a whole other larger thing, which is like, I think the draft system is, uh, is an abysmal failure. I, I don't understand. Like, there, you know, there, there is... Precious little that works, I think, in in this North American traditions of sports. This I don't, is true. I, I, I Bring think. in relegation. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I'm. I am. I've been saying that for years. Promotion. You, you and you. You wouldn't have to give up the cup either. Mm-hmm. You could have promotion, relegation, and still have a playoffs for a championship. Um, and and I think also you should just get rid of uh, the draft uh, altogether. I, I don't understand. In, I don't understand how anybody can sort of morally excuse uh, robbing a young athlete of agency in their career, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, 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 they should be able to decide where they want to play. That that's, that's friggin' crazy to me. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's like if we had, which, which we once upon a time had something more akin to the youth Academy system in, in European and South American soccer, which is like, yeah, local kid in Montreal. We keep an eye on him, and he plays at our, you know, if he plays in Brassard and he comes up through our system and he feels so inclined to put on our sweater, he should be able to, man, you know? And so I I, I think, you know, draft is draft is an abysmal failure. Um, I think uh, I think salary cap is uh, pro, does a profound disservice to, to the sport and to competition, period. It is absolutely antithetical to competition. <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, I think we, uh, we need promotion allegation. I think it's, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I wrote an article last summer and I interviewed a former co-worker of mine who's a soccer person. So he knew all about, you know, the promotion relegation stuff. I find it really interesting because 
I get what you're saying and I would love it too. I just don't know if it would work for hockey because of the fact if, you know, you get a New York or Chicago team that somehow drops out, where does all that, you know, TV revenue go if they, you know, drop into a lower league? I find it very interesting for hockey, but I don't know if it would ever work just because of the way that the sport is unfortunately, you know, so far behind others, like at least in, you know, America in terms of like football no, and too, basketball. Yeah. It's a fake, it's a fake league. Yeah. It's a fake league <laughs> like WWE. Um, like, you know, like, like, no, it is, man, because like, what the fuck, what sport stops play for commercials? Yeah. Like, the, you know, TV breaks. That's mm-hmm. fucking crazy shit, man. And, and, and as, as, you know, my, my team, by the way, predates this bullshit league by a decade or something. You know, and, and so I, I, I had the, you know, the league is not hockey. The league is the governing body that allows us, allows more than one hockey team to play against each other. That's it. That's it. And, and they have been able and, and them plus the monolith of the owners, uh, have been able to sort of been dominant and decide everything. And, and all of it is motivated by, um, yeah, by by ad share and, uh, yeah. and Nielsen ratings and all this stuff that really mm-hmm. is like, and this prevents hockey from this. This keeps hockey at a fourth or third tier outside of Canada. Um, and and I and, and because I think it's you know if you really wanted to grow the sport, if you really wanted to blossom, you would do everything you could to open it up to as many people as possible. You would want to have an equivalent of the Champions League. Where you'd have like a tournament every summer, where Stanley Cup winner plays Gregarian Cup winner plays whomever else, you know, four to six teams round robin. It would be super bloody exciting. Everybody could share a bunch of friggin' money. Like it, I, I, it is just super um, old school and old fashioned. And it, it, and I'm not saying this, this. I don't have the recipe to save everything, but what, but, but hockey also needs to, I think, take a look in the mirror because it. It faces a sincere existential risk um, at this point that it's never faced in its history, which is like it has never been as exclusive a game to um, to interact with and and to get into as it mm-hmm. is now. Yeah. Um, equi- equipment is prohibitively expensive. Watching hockey prohibitively expensive. It is everything about it is becoming niche and rich and uh, and and. Boy, um, that is just uh, those are those are just co- those are little more than coffin nails. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think you, like you said, you hit the nail on the head there uh, in terms of like everything. At least I've been thinking of about hockey, and yeah, yeah, I think my strongest take in regards to hockey, like I, I feel like relegation will never happen because the powers that be will never stand for it. But this fifty-six game season. That should be what the season is. I don't want 82 Correct. games anymore. Yeah, you need less if, less games, but more spread out because the yeah. way the season's, season's been compacted this year has been a killer on the players. But yeah, more spread out, less games. I agree. Absolutely more that. And you, you add, I agree. You I add games on top of that by doing like regional tournaments, right? Like we're not mm-hmm. going to have in-division play only going forward, even though I think it's been pretty awesome. I think that you yeah. could do like a 56-game season and then in the middle of the season, you have like the North Division Cup. You know, yeah. and yeah. you have something yeah. aside from the Stanley Cup for players to play for, have a big cash prize. You get your TV revenue in there. So you end up closer to like 70 ish games total. But absolutely. And I and I and I also think that as a rule, the NHL needs to do more business with leagues outside of its control. For sure. Right? Like and, 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 and it's like 
it is only to its detriment to 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 exclude right and 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 because any true savvy hockey fan really does have know what's happening in Russia knows what's happening at the bloody Cup knows what's happening in the juniors all this stuff but by the way the juniors that's an entire talk about a existential threat that's a that's an entire system that um, that needs a rethink obviously um, and uh, I think you you and I years ago talked about this Andrew um, uh, you know would your your kid wants to play hockey are you what do you what do you do um and i and i and i i would if if i had a kid who was decent enough at hockey that they could go play in sarnia or something i i i i don't know i'd be hard pressed i'd have to think about it right um because uh i i uh unless that kid ends up uh, unless that kid's you know ends up one of the 700 people um yeah, it's just uh, it's it's potentially potentially not a great recipe, right? Um, and uh, so yeah, there, there there's a lot about specifically um, Canadian hockey that is uh, outdated and um, and and a bit arcane and and kind of needs a needs a rethink because it is um, it is to the sports detriment and and it's like you know uh, Andrew, given where you live and where I grew up, we 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 know how. Um, Sort of protection can be suffocation, uh, mm-hmm. and the, 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 there's a, a very thin line. Absolutely, and uh, Jay, we've kept you for way longer <laughs> than I said we were going to, and I appreciate every moment you've given us, buddy. Uh, thanks so Thank much you. for doing yeah. this. You we're know, gonna, I was going to say, I think between the three of us, with you two in Canada and me in America, I think we could fix the NHL's problems. Gary Bettman, we're on our way for you. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Just CC me on that email, Mary. Um, All right. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Jay. Thanks so much. All right. Have a nice day. See you You soon. And that is all we have for you today on the Crosscheck NHL Show as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice from Apple to Odyssey to Spotify and rate and review us while you're at it. You can follow the pod at Crosscheck NHL on Twitter, me at Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and Andrew at Andrew Berkshire on Twitter. We'll be back on Tuesday with some more Puck Talk. See you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Pukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.